All right, welcome everyone to the Action Only Podcast. I'm your host, Jalal Wilson. And today we have a special guest today, my friend Craig. And it was interesting. I actually uh, got to meet Craig. I heard a lot about him from his, his wife, uh, Tamara, uh, a lot about him. I never met this guy. And we went to dinner. Um, it was a few months back over the summer when our kids was done. We got to hang out with them in Atlanta. We drove down into Atlanta and went to dinner at a nice restaurant with them. And I, I got to hear him. He started talking and just telling me his story. And I was just so fascinated by his story that I was like, I got to get this man on the podcast. He's an amazing uh, man. He, and he, it was just, I felt a connection when I talked to him. We uh, were talking about different topics and I felt like he was just open down to earth and just a a real good guy so i wanted to have him on the podcast to kind of talk about his story which i find very interesting he is a black pilot and that is something you do not see very often and something that definitely interests me to hear more and the part of this is we want we can only be what we can see and so we need to know that there's other things available to us. So I got Craig on here. We're going to let him get started. And um, my first question to you, actually, first, how are you doing today? That's the first question I should have asked. I'm, I'm blessed. Um, thank you, brother. I just first off want to say thank you for um, allowing me to come on here and speak um, and tell my story in your podcast, man. Thank you for um, being that beacon and and um, uh, being that voice and and being able to get exposure out there for those that need to hear it. So um, I'm well, I'm blessed. I actually uh, got in from work yesterday, so I'm just taking today as my day off. So yeah, I'm taking right. it easy today. Mm-hmm. Hey, all right, all right. And uh, you, I told the I told the kids you you flew you flew down to uh, North Carolina. I mean, uh, was it North Charlotte yesterday? I was in Charlotte, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was. Yeah, I'm saying, I sure saying, was. He's, he's not too far from. Yeah, so yeah, that, was, that yeah. was cool. Yeah, that's cool. All right, so, man, I, I have a lot of questions, but I, I think mm-hmm. the first one I really kind of want to get into, like, you know, I had a lot of dreams when I was young. I don't know if I ever thought about becoming a pilot. Like, when did you, when did you, no, first, before we even get there, let's, Man, let's talk about your childhood a little bit. I always like to go back to the beginning, kind of hear a little bit about people's childhood before they come up with these big dreams and things they decide to do. So what was your childhood like growing up? Okay, so uh, first off, I'm born and raised in Long Island, New York, and uh, my parents are both um, born and raised in Jamaica. So as a child, I've I've traveled. I've traveled with my mother. Uh, my mother is, is, is a frequent traveler. She travels, believe it or not, just as much or as not more than I do. So um I've traveled a lot with her when I was coming up. And I even remember like, you know, going down to Jamaica on an airplane and, um, you know, my mom lifting me up while we were uh, sitting down in the seat trying so I could see outside because uh, we didn't have a window seat. And so she would try to lift me up so I can look outside. And I just always been fascinated with, with traveling. And, and so that was kind of the bug hit me very, very early, maybe like two, three years old, I want to say. Wow. Wow. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Two, three years old. What are, yeah. what is, one place you remember going to as a youth that was just like, man, this is a this is amazing. Uh, I, going going back to my 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 parents' home country, Jamaica. It's just being okay. able to meet people there and just um, mm-hmm. seeing the differences in in the culture from what I grew up with. Uh, mom, mm-hmm. you know, mom would tell me have you know, uh, hey, have some cereal or something like that. And it turns out, you mm-hmm. know, I'm being Americanized. I'm thinking I'm going to have like some Lucky Charms or something like that, and it's part. Yeah. 
And so down there, they call <laughs> hard cereal, and then they call, you know, cereal up here. So I was like, Mom, I don't like this. Like, what is, why are you giving me this? And she's like, it's cereal, eat it. I'm like, no, it's not. I don't want to eat that. So just having that exposure and meeting different family members there um, when I was younger, I, I, I remember bits and pieces of it because it was so long ago, mm -hmm. but it's just yeah. something that I was like, wow, okay, like, this is cool. Like, I, this is almost like an adventure, you know, being young, you know, and having that experience. That's amazing. That's amazing. Oh, I, mm -hmm. I love that. That's a that's a beautiful thing. So yeah. is traveling, you know, when you were young with your mom, was that what made you want to become a pilot? Or what age did you like, you know what, this, this is, I want to be a pilot. Like, this is my dream. This is for me. What, what age did you decide that? So before I get to the age, believe it or not, mm -hmm. traveling is not what made me want to be a pilot, believe it or not. It's weird. So okay. I wouldn't say weird. I just have my isms about me. So when I was mm -hmm. young, I loved anything that dealt with transportation. So it could have been a train. It could have been a garbage truck. It could have been a, a fire truck, uh, planes, anything that was big and made noise. My mom will tell you when I was young. Uh, I used to look out the window every every Wednesday or whatever morning to watch the garbage truck come by because I was so fascinated about what they did. They would throw something in, in the trash inside of this machine. They would pull this lever and something, it would make a lot of noise and something would happen. And I was just so fascinated by it. So um, when I, uh, I left New York when I was 14 years old and we moved down to West Palm Beach, Florida and Palm Beach has an airport that was, that's uh, where we flew into. And I had a cousin that lived right at the approach end of one of the runways. And so when the airplanes were landing, when I go visit him, they were literally, you know, a couple hundred feet off the ground before they made it to the runway. And so I was actually in high school when I made the decision. I was like, yo, this is like so fascinating to me. I love, you know, airplanes coming. I love the noise they make when they go by. I love riding. I've always loved riding on airplanes when I was a kid. I just used to anticipate takeoff and landings. And so it was when I got to high school. So that that I would probably say 15 years old when I when I made the decision and said I want to fly airplanes for a living. That was wow. when I made it in high school. Wow, 15 years mm -hmm. old. You just do that yep. with it. And it's interesting that you say that plane noise because I was just standing um, outside yesterday, and I kept hearing planes go by. I'm like, God, I would hate to live over here. And here you are. Yep, I love it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's very interesting. That is interesting. Wow. So at 15 years old, you made a decision that, hey, I want to become a pilot. And what was your next step from there? What did you, you know, you obviously still in high school. What is what does that look like? How does it really start coming into fruition from there? What did you do from there? So honestly, that was actually very tough because I didn't know what to do. Like it was just mm -hmm. like, and so what ends up ultimately ends up happening, and I think this happens a lot among our community, is we begin listening to people who don't have the information, but they still are telling you what they think. So I heard a lot about, you know, when I mentioned I want to be an airline pilot, even when I was in um, uh, high school, and even among my family, oh man, you better be careful. You know, planes crash. You know, I don't know if you want to do that. That's the and then, and then or you would hear the well, don't you got to be in the service, and maybe you got to go to the military. You got to have twenty twenty vision, and so there were all these. Um, there were all these factors that played into how to move forward with that. And I didn't, I didn't have any resources. All I could do was look in magazines and I'd probably catch a, a magazine article of, of a black pilot that's done something, but there was never really a way for me to access that. And so um, when I finished high school, I went to community college still down in West Palm Beach. And um, I got, I got a, I received a degree in um, a two-year degree in computer networking. And that was kind of like, you know, mom always told me, hey, don't ever forget, though, as you get 
older, you want to have a backup plan in case your plan A doesn't work well. And so she was like, you know, always going to computers because that's a recession proof industry and you learn how to do computers, you can do anything. And so I did two years of community college with computer networking. And it was just, to me, I'm not going to lie, it was boring. It's just, I'm like, I'm just checking the box at this point. And so yeah. um, it wasn't until back in the day, I don't know if July, you remember the, um, the card catalogs you had in the library. Yeah. Uh -huh. go through. yeah. So I was going through, you know, card catalogs, trying to find just anything on aviation. And so my, my gist was, I wanted to go to a HBCU first. And so being okay. in uh, Florida, I kind of wanted to get out of South Florida because they had Florida Memorial, which is down in Miami. And I was like, well, I don't know if I want to spend, you know, I want to kind of have a college experience. I want to go to a four-year university. I want to go to an HBCU, um, you know, uh, but I don't, I want to get out of South Florida. Um, and I was like, okay, well, where can I go? And so I looked, I happened to stumble upon Atlanta and I had family living in Atlanta during the time. So I said, well, Atlanta wouldn't be a bad idea. And so uh, I looked at, uh, what was it? Morris Brown. And I was like, oh, okay. snap, Morris Brown is AUC. Like they have an aviation uh, science, I believe, program there. And so I checked, unfortunately, they were going through accreditation issues at the time. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, I, I can't touch that because I don't want to, you know, fall into a circumstance where I may have to change schools in the middle of my curriculum or whatever. So I stumbled upon Georgia State and I said, oh, wow. And so I, just because, you know, I'm familiar with the demographics in Atlanta, I was like, well, Atlanta, Georgia State's a, actually, it's in downtown Atlanta. They actually do have an aviation program through the School of Policy Studies. And so I was like, okay, well, that's something that I could look into. Me thinking that Georgia State was actually a black school, which it wasn't. It's not an HBC. It's actually a state school. And so that, I ended up enrolling in Georgia State and they had an aviation program there. And that was kind of how through college I got kind of the door sort of begin to open up for me. Oh, wow. Okay. So mm -hmm. that's, that's interesting. So you kind of had that thing where a lot of us go through where it's like, you know, you tell people your dream and then they don't mean to, but then they say little things that, you know, for a lot of us may talk us out of pursuing that dream, Exactly. you know, you, exactly. you know, when you said the, the 2020 vision mm -hmm. and, you know, the, you know, these different things that they're saying to protect us mm -hmm. but for a lot of us there the reality is not everybody can see what you can see and so yes. you know being able to say okay you know what i'm still going to keep pushing you did still listen to moms to a degree right you went and got that computer degree but yeah you still didn't let that stop you <laughs> from the dream you had in in, in your mind right so i sure didn't yeah. yeah i sure didn't and so it, it was something that i really really wanted like it was just a something that was pulling me that way and I, I i forgot to mention one of the big ones where people would say to me i ain't never seen a black pilot before that was the other one that was a big one yeah. and so it's just like okay like do i really want to do this but my love for wanting to do that superseded all of that i was like all right well i'm gonna figure it out like, I don't have no choice. Like, this is what I really, really want. I'm going to, like, I love, I love aviation. I love airplanes too much to, to let, you know, the words of people who really don't know about the industry deter me from doing what I want to do. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Okay. That's, that's, I love that, you know, and I think that's such a big thing that's is worth repeating. Like you didn't allow people who didn't know or really understand your dream to stop you. Mm -hmm. And that's so much mm -hmm. of, what this podcast is about is not allowing people to say, hey, 
talk you out of your dreams just yep. because they can't see it. And so yep. I, 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 I really love that. Um, I want you to talk about um, some more about the, the college experience, because I know we talked, you know, there's a piece of this that I really want to um, uh, people to hear too about how you ended up uh, studying abroad. Yeah. So uh, it's interestingly enough, I didn't think that that I didn't even know what that was, if I'm honest. And so uh, my brother-in-law, who was very inspirational as far as getting me exposed to people that he knew in this because he did work and does work in the city. So once I once I enrolled at Georgia State, he was like, hey, man, go check these individuals out and what have you. And so as I began to um, get to to network and, and basically um, move around at school and get recognition and people that I knew at school, there was an opportunity to study abroad. And, and uh, it was a program through the African-American Studies Program and or African-American Studies Department, rather. And they were going to Ghana. And I was just like, hmm, okay, like, study abroad. Like, let me see if I can work this out. Like, I'm like, okay, well, I get to have an international experience. I love traveling. And I get credit towards graduation. Like, yeah, let me let me look into this. And so I actually, actually did that. And so the program entailed um, about a week at Sapelo Island, which is off the coast of Georgia, about, uh, Brunswick, Georgia, in that area. We spent a week there, and then we came back, and then we went over to Accra. And um, we spent 21 days there, and we were studying African peoples and cultures and African traditional religion. And so that experience changed my life, number one, because I just, it's almost like you kind of wandered down this rabbit hole of, hmm, studying abroad is a very interesting thing. And the next thing you know, you're, you know, you're on a plane. And the airplane we took was Ghana Airways, believe it or not. It was actually, it was a black airline, Ghana Airways. Wow. To, uh, to uh, Accra, West Africa. And we spent 21 days there. And it was probably that experience to me was really what set me on the trajectory to really come back and, and do what I set out to do. Because one of the experiences that I had when I was there was we, we toured the, um, we, the, uh, the, the slave dungeon. So if anyone's ever heard of Elmina and Cape Coast, which is basically where the last place where the uh, captive Africans were before they loaded the ships to come over to the Caribbean and to the quote unquote new world. So that experience to me was like, wow, like, you know, there's some of my ancestry may have passed through this doll and they call it the door of no return. If people are, if are familiar with the uh, uh, Elmina and Cape Coast dungeons, there was a door of no return, but like, when you walk through here, this is the last part of Africa you're going to see for the rest of your life. And so, wow. you know, during that, it just, it moved me. Like I cried like a, like a newborn. And it was just like, you know, it's, it, that experience to me was like, yo, you are a part of the folks that made it. So you have to come back here and you can't, you can't settle for less. Like you can't be mediocre. You can't just, you know, let life pass you by. You have to come here and be, you have to be exceptional. And so that was how I left from that experience. And so that was the kind of the spark that, that lit for me to start my flight training. So we went on our Ghana trip in 2004. It was the summer of 04. I started flying September of 04, I want to say. That was when I actually started taking flight lessons. So I kind of got it in gear. Georgia State had a program where they partnered with uh, is an aviation school at Peachtree Cab Airport, which is just north of uh, Atlanta. And mm -hmm. um, it's kind of independent. So I could actually get my um, licenses and ratings to be, to be an airline, to be a commercial pilot and a flight instructor. And I also got credit towards graduation. So I ultimately ended up killing two birds with one stone. So when I graduated wow. from college, I had mm -hmm. all my degree, I had my degree, and I also mm -hmm. had my licenses and ratings to be a certified flight instructor or a CFI. So I actually literally walked out of 
out of high out of college and out of flight training into a job basically of being a flight instructor it's kind of a revolving door wow so yeah okay and then I'll, and then i'll add this as well i'll actually study abroad twice so because of that experience i was like oh i want to do it again so uh -huh. um in december of 2005 i graduated in may of 06 so right before i grabbed my last semester um i took a trip down to um brazil real deep we went to rio de janeiro brazil and uh we went to uh not, it's not Sao Paulo. Where's the other place? Uh, Bahia. That's where we went and okay. spent New Year's down there. And again, it was just such an amazing experience being able to, you know, just just be exposed to different peoples and cultures. And you get to see the different the, how people live in other places. And it's just like mm -hmm. it's night and day. And I really, really implore people to do that. Get a passport and just travel, go somewhere you've never been, go to a different country, experience different food, experience different cultures. And it just gives you a better worldview. Yeah, that's that's amazing. So let me get back to this Ghana, this Ghana trip. Now, sure. When you were there, so you're experiencing the the culture. You're taking this all in. Um, you're learning about the religious aspects of it. You're learning about you know where the slaves had went to, like, and you said something interesting, like how it changed your whole, like, it made you focus. Like it brought yeah. everything into focus for you in your life like hey yep. you know what i got no time to waste mm -hmm. you know like you said these uh, people came before us some of them never i mean they never saw africa again once they went through this mm -hmm. door yep. and here i am you know i got this dream but mm -hmm. i really ain't pushing myself yet the way i need mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. and this was almost like the, the spark it was a spark that you needed and you it's it's amazing that you one, put yourself in that position because, you know, you hear about um, all these studying abroad opportunities and you made me think yeah. about um, when I was in college, I actually had a friend that was from um, China and he wanted me to, he wanted to take me to China to yeah. uh, experience the culture and, and I said no, you know, and, and when I look back at it now, it just, I couldn't see myself there you know what i'm saying like just mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. you know I, I had my own limiting beliefs of why you know i couldn't do it you know what i'm saying right. like and it's it's beautiful that you know you did the exact opposite you're like wait a minute hey there's this opportunity that i can take if i just you know do this and you and you did it and it changed everything for you i think that yep. is absolutely amazing and why you know we need to, uh, you know, really take risk and put ourselves in these different environments. Because maybe you still would have got it done had you not uh, went there, but it just gave you that extra push, that extra piece. I think that's yep. yeah. I love that. I really do love that. And then Brazil, that's 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 amazing. So for New Year's, you're in Brazil. Like I know mm -hmm. that had to be like crazy. Did they do like a uh, carnival? I mean, was it like? like bro what was that experience like man okay so uh so they they so in in december like going into uh -huh. january they're preparing for carnival i believe it's February. okay don't quote me mm -hmm. on that so they're getting all the the costumes and everything ready but they uh -huh. do this thing on new year's eve and new year's that i really i would encourage anybody if you have uh, your heart beats to go and check this out so mm -hmm. New Year's Eve, they basically have this thing that they do where they try to uh, they give everybody these roses 
and everybody mm -hmm. wears white. So it's like, you know, we're on the beach of Rio de Janeiro, which is literally, it's, it's as far as the eye can see, it's a beach, it's coast. It's, a, it's basically, mm -hmm. you're looking up and down the beaches. It's one of the most gorgeous views I've ever seen in my life. And New Year's Eve, as the night gets late and people start packing the, 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 um, the, the, the beach and everybody's wearing white and everybody has roses. And their, their tradition is that you make a prayer and say whatever it is that you, you, know, you, you want to have for the new year and you put your rose into the water. And then wow. the water will take your roles and, you know, you'll be blessed for whatever it is that you're seeking. So you have a sea of people, as far as I can see on both left and right side of everybody wearing white, doing this, doing this, um, doing, um, put their roles into the water. And as that happens, everybody does that, you know, the countdown happens and then the, the, um, we go into the new year and they had this barge that was sitting out a little bit ways full of fireworks. And Jalal, I tell you, man, it felt like the fireworks went on for about a good 45 minutes. Like it was just, wow. it was amazing fireworks for 45 minutes. And it was like, everybody sat there. We, it was like, we were all in a different world. And then wow. after the fireworks went off, it started pouring raining. It started pouring wow. rain and everybody dispersed. And, and then everybody, and I was like, like, it was just so surreal. Cause it was wow. almost like, it was this, this celebration. Mm -hmm. You do this kind of this ritual. And then, yeah. you know, that goes through that, that we celebrate. And then, and then it was just like, the, the, the energy was like, all right, that's it. Everybody go, everybody go home. And it, it started raining wow. and it was like, I, I just, it was an experience that I will never ever forget. And so just, again, having the opportunity to study abroad and open up my eyes to what other cultures do. And it's just like, wow, like I will never forget that experience. And I'd love wow. to do it. I really want to do it again. It was just that, it was just that amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That is, that is amazing. Okay. Now you also mentioned something else too in there. Um, by the time you finished college, you had your uh, flight instructor's uh, license, you had your pilot's license. How long did that part of the process take? So funny you mentioned it. So it all ties together. Um, okay. The process, when I started, like I said, in 04, it was, it was mm -hmm. new, you know, getting in an airplane, you kind of do what's called a discovery flight. Mm -hmm. And so they take you up and maybe for about a half hour, kind of fly you around, just see if you like mm -hmm. it or what have you. And then they bring you back down and then you go from there. So I remember my first discovery flight and just kind of you get into a small um, my flight school at the time. They flew Cessna 172s, just a single engine piston airplane, very light, very uh, trainer. And it was just I remember the 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 this leading up to it. I was just so excited and just kind of having that experience. And um, when we went up, flew for a little bit, came back, I was like mentally drained. Um, it was like, wow, it's a whole lot going on. And it's just like, you know, this it's just so much happening all at one time. And so while mm -hmm. I was doing that, my first flight, I came back for a few lessons. I wasn't going as consistent as consistently as I would like to, but mm -hmm. um, it was something that I was like, okay, and dealing with school, I fell off. Like I hadn't, I hadn't um, trained for like a few months. And then mm -hmm. it wasn't until uh, 2005, um, cause that was 04. So it might've been like May of 05. Um, I got serious. I got a really good instructor. I was paired with another really good instructor. And I was able to get everything done from May 05 to May 06. I was done because that was uh, the year I graduated. So I was able to finish all that. So if we're talking about totality, I'm maybe looking at a year and I'd say a year and a half for when I wow. first had my first flight and I had everything done in a year and a half when wow. I got serious about it. Wow, that is amazing. So a year and a half, because when you when you think about this, you know, when you think about a pilot, 
flying plane. I'm thinking, you know, four year degree plus, you know, maybe a couple more years before mm -hmm. you, you know, you could, you could get up there, but you're, and, and then you all, and then we also talk, you know, I know that um, a lot of pilots go to the air force first. Sure. Before they, um, so, you know, there you're, you're there for quite a few years before sure, you come out. Sure. Sure. So this is, I think this, this is important that I think sometimes there's a barrier to things because we think it, it will take us, you know, longer than it actually will. We, so we, mm -hmm. we, we defeat ourselves before we even start mm -hmm. because we have, we're like, this is yeah. going to take way too long. I'm not going to be able to do this. But so I think that that's very interesting. And I like the part where you said when you got serious, you yeah. know, the, because you know, there's a there's this period where we're where we're willing to try something and do something right, but we're just dabbling in it. We're like, hey, this is something I want to do, but we really still haven't fully committed to it. But it's amazing yeah. how things can go from zero to one hundred once we completely bought in on this thing, right? And yep. so that's amazing that that's how that worked out for me. You went from you said it, hey, you went zero to 100 the right instructor you know and it's it was it was golden from there that that's i think that's amazing um yeah. I, 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 there's so much there too i think your story and i think it's important so what i want to do because i, I want to be mindful of the time is i want you to talk okay you've graduate you've graduated um, when did you first start from after you graduated? How long did it take you to start flying commercially? After I graduated, 11 months. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So 11 months to start flying. Okay. And then now, okay, 11 months later. So this puts us um, almost in, uh, what is that, April of 07? Yeah. I, I got okay. my um, my airline, my first airline gig with a regional airline was May, actually it was May 07, but I got hired, I think it was, they started looking at me in April. So okay. yeah, was, okay. so yeah, it took about, that was about right, 11, 12 months. Okay, so during that time period, uh, from the time you graduated to the time you got on with the, your first major, were you, were you still confident that, hey, you had made the right decision um what was it what was that year like for you was it uh you know it's just like hey this is part of the process or was there any doubt or anything like that during that year uh no not any doubt um <laughs> but it was definitely a transition so when you go from being a cfi or flight instructor to an airline you're changing airplanes now you're going from a piston airplane to a turbine or a jet airplane and so mm -hmm. there are different systems and it just you're expected to come to training with a level of knowledge um, already. And so for me, I was a little bit slacking on that because it was just I could say it's overwhelming. Typically, we like to uh, airline training. We like to um, use the analogy that's like drinking from a fire hose. So their typical <laughs> training program typically. Yeah, seriously, it goes from, you know, you do two weeks of uh, or maybe a week and a half of indoctrination. And then mm -hmm. you do two weeks of what they call systems where you learn about the aircraft systems. And then you do um, about two weeks of simulator training where you're in a full motion flight simulator. And so I remember, man, being in training and then real talk being the only brother in the class, like I'm just kind of like, okay, like number one, I got to figure this out on my own because everybody kind of starts getting their little, like I'm necessarily, 
I'm just, I, I like to observe before I just kind of jump into clicks is kind of how mm -hmm. I move. So I'm not mm -hmm. necessarily going to run to the first group that I'm in and try to fit in. I don't, I don't necessarily mm -hmm. do that very well. So I just kind of observe very well and just kind of see where I fit in. And so, and during that process though, you know, um, I, I just began to see kind of how things were, were, were transpiring. So I just kind of like, all right, well, I would notice like whenever we took tests, everybody else would kind of get done before me kind of thing. And mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, hmm, what is that about? And then you start, again, you start second guessing yourself like, dang, am I yeah. slow or is just, you know, am, yeah. am I not understanding this well or whatever? I would still get high marks. Like that wasn't the issue, but it's just, mm -hmm. I learned through that, that during in the aviation industry, you know, more heads together is better. So you mm. kind of try to be with more people and just try to get to know your classmates and do, you know, things of that nature to kind of help you get through that, that testing. But yeah, there were things that I just didn't know. They were talking about things in class and I would raise my hand and say, hey, can you explain what that is before you tell me what it does? Because I don't even know what you like. It's just a very, very, um, uh, it was just kind of a complicated transition. But um, because we do everything is basically our building blocks on how we move. We always build on what we studied the day prior. Um, mm -hmm. I'm a very fast learner, so it, did, it didn't take long for me to kind of get the speed and kind of get up to speed on um, just the training process and just kind of how, how everything worked. Um, same thing with the full motion simulator you go through and they have things that you have to you have to perform at a certain skill level before they, they sign you off. And then, you know, your first flight is going to be with, with passengers in the back. Like you don't get to do this whole like, oh, well, you know, you take an empty airplane up like your first your first flight is you have wow. people behind you. And I remember my first flight um, when I flew, I literally, it was like the, the expression, you're holding a tiger by the tail. You know, mm -hmm. we, we took off from point A and landed at point B and mentally I was still at point A. And so it was just like, that's just kind of how it rolled. Like, I was like, oh my God, like, oh, I'm actually doing this, but I'm, yeah. I can't keep up. You know, I just, I'm, I'm like, the, you know, my, my captain at the time. And they know that. They pair you with what, what are called check airmen. And so they are basically assigned you fly with them for a certain amount of hours and then they'll check you off what we call sign you off and so um they understand that they are well they are they are well equipped to deal with anything that any challenges or threats that new pilots pose and so you know it's just to kind of see you know where i was then and where i am now and go yeah i remember that i remember being that way yeah and it's just you know so you can look at it it's just an appreciation of the journey you know yeah that's that's mm -hmm. amazing now there's a couple of things before we finish up here. There's a couple of things I want to touch on. What is it like for you being one of the very few black pilots? What's that experience been like? Uh, it's, 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 I have a lot of feelings about that because I want, always want to see more of us. Um, so mm -hmm. it's just something that I, I wear and I, I kind of walk with with pride and just, you know, it's just kind of the way that I carry myself because it's very few of us. Um, I think I, I told you off the record, like when I'm walking in the airport, I've actually been stopped by people who have been, you know, working for the airline for years. And they will literally tell me in the concourse, yo, I haven't seen a brother pilot where, you know, flying for us for before, man. I've been here, you know, X amount of years. You're the first one I've seen. I just gotta come shake your hand, bro. And I'm like, oh, I appreciate that, man. And so I, I don't even know how to respond to that. Cause it's just like, you know, it's, it's like, okay, like I'm not doing anything different than you know my mm -hmm. other colleagues like i you know I, i've gone through the program and what have you so it just sometimes it just it, it feels surreal to me and so yeah. um 
I, I wear that with pride. I walk with pride when I have that. And I just try to be mindful how I interact with people. And, you know, I understand that people may feel more comfortable speaking with me. So I, I bump into people that'll say, hey, you know, you know, can I talk to you for a second? I'm like, absolutely. Yo, how can I help you? What's going on? And they're like, yo, man, I've been, you know, trying to get my pilot's license. Can you tell me how to do that or whatever? And I'm like, absolutely. Like I have resources. I have, you know, things that I can share with you to help you on that road. So it's more so for me, a service thing. Like I look at it like, you know, I, I, I need to see more people that look like me in this position. Um, and it's just, it's fun. So it's, it's not even something that, you know, it's work, don't get me wrong. And it's definitely a, it's definitely a challenge to get to this place. However, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, you know, you, I'm getting paid to travel, you know, so it's not yeah. something that, you know, there may be some times where you got to go through weather or you deal with other stressors involved, but the job itself is just, it, it, that's kind of where I go to kind of release my mind. And so I want, to see more brothers and sisters that look like me that want to, you know, come into this industry and um, it's it, and succeed, you know, and I, I do what I can to help and to kind of, you know, lower the ladder to kind of bring more people up and try to help them out the way, you know, that I was helped. Yeah, that's, I, I think that's yeah. amazing. And just, you know, I think your openness and your willingness to help, you know, others who want to go on this journey and be willing to answer questions for them. I think that's amazing too. And I'm, uh, we're going to uh, actually tell people how they can, you know, if they have some questions, how to get a hold of you at the end. Um, sure. There was something, there was, there, there is a question though. Um, Craig, how tall are you? I'm about six, two with shoes, six, three. Okay. And is it like, cause you know, I'm when I'm sitting in the back of the plane, it ain't that comfortable. And I'm only five, four, <laughs> five and a half, about five, five, yeah. five. As if, is, is that cockpit? Like, is that for, is that comfortable? Is, is Are they, is it, is it comfortable for you being that height? For the most part, I think, so I get that asked a lot. Like, you know, usually when I come out of the cockpit, the people are like, man, it's tight now. I'm like, yeah, it's like, how do you get there? I'm like, it's like moving a futon. You gotta be real, real easy. Um, However, I get in there and, and once I get in there, it is fairly comfortable. Um, typically, okay. if I do like longer flights, you know, I may and I may have a little discomfort just from sitting for a period of time. But believe it or not, once I get in the seat, you know, I can slide the seat back and kind of stretch my okay. legs out a little bit and just kind of have, you know, give opportunity to let my, my legs breathe a little bit. But it is tight. It is definitely tight. Okay. Not, as, not all cockpits are, are roomy. You know, once you get on a bigger equipment, you may have a little bit more space. But okay. yeah, it can be okay. very, very tight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I, I, I know because I'm like, man, it's see. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I want to make sure I didn't. Oh, one of the other things I think um, that is because uh, I'm not asking, I'm asking this in, in general terms, mm -hmm. not you specifically, but you can be in a pilot, you can make over 100K a year. Is that, is that safe to say? Um, I would say as of right now, due to the demand of the, the demand of pilots right now, a hundred K a year is very easy. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. And see, sometimes people need to hear a number so mm -hmm. they can wrap their mind around it and be like, okay, well, maybe I really should mm -hmm. consider. Um, so if you were, if someone that came to you today and said, Hey, I want to become the pilot. I, I, I want to um, become a pilot. What would be the first three things you would tell them to do? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, I think now because the landscape has changed so much, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. I would definitely tell them, number one, to kind of 
find out what their budget is or if they can find a sponsor of some sort because flight training is very, very expensive. Um, okay. Also, something that I wanted to, to I, I, I kind of um, necessarily wanted to also add as far as my journey, surround mm. yourself with people that are doing what you're doing. I think that was, mm. that was also a very, very big deal um, for me. And I, I, if, if I want to also express that detail if I can, but that would be the mm -hmm. second thing. And then the third thing would just be to come up with a plan and say, okay, hey, I want to I want to work because aviation and being a pilot is so vast. You can be a leisurely pilot. You can be a sporty pilot. You can be, you know, you just you want to just take an airplane every so often at your local uh, airport and fly to another city to have a hamburger and come back. Like there's you can work corporate. You can fly cargo like there are so many different avenues to what you want to do. I would definitely have that um, mapped out before you start, because that way you have a destination and you don't end up in the middle of something and say, well, you know what? I don't want to go left now versus going right, because the longer it takes for you to to uh, finish your training is the more money it costs. So that's, okay. that's also, it's so again, finance is the biggest part. However, being an airline pilot, I think that they are literally going to schools now and they, meaning the airlines, the major airlines right now, are literally going to schools, trying to come up with pipeline programs because the number of pilots right now that are retiring, they're more leaving than they're more coming in. And so oh. airlines are going, oh man, so... Again, if we understand simple supply and demand, if there's yeah. less of something, then there's going to be obviously more pay involved, or they're going to do something to entice people to, you know, want to do this profession. So they may, they, they are currently raising pay for the regional carriers and they are going to schools for pipelines and things that major, who knows, they may be someone that says, hey, we're going to start paying for your flight training now, you know, military does yeah. that, military will pay for your flight training just to get you, you know, in the door that way. So they're just, you know, kind of figuring out how you want to move in that, in that, in that department. Okay. Yeah. All right. And yes, go, go back to this surrounding yourself piece. I want to, I want to, yeah, talk to us a little bit. Yeah. About so just, and, and, and surrounding yourself. And so for me being a, a black man, um, mm -hmm. I was as a, as a student, I was coming for one of my lessons and there was a brother there that I've actually run into a few times that was an instructor. And again, for mm -hmm. me, I'm like, Whoa, it's a brother there. Like, you know, he was the only brother instructor that I saw. And so, he uh, approached me and his brother's from Philadelphia. So he had a real, real heavy Philly accent. And uh -huh, he was like, yo, uh -huh. man, what's up, man? I was like, hey, what's going on? He introduced himself to me and I told him, you know, he was like, yo, man, we got a group of black pilots that meet over here, man. You need to be there on Monday nights at eight o'clock. And I was like, you said what? There was a group of black pilots that meet over here at what? It's done. You know, I'll be there. Yeah, and so yeah. I went there on a Monday night and the room, it was had to be about, you know, eight to 10 brothers that were there. And, you know, everybody wow. just kind of, you don't know anybody. And I'm thinking I'm hot stuff because I already had my private license and I was working on my instrument license at the time. And so yeah. we went through, whenever there's a new face, we go through and introduce ourselves. And, you know, this one's like, hey, I'm so-and-so and, -so and, I, and, I, and I, I, you know, I have this license and what have you, and I'm a captain yeah. of this airline. And I was like, what? And then everybody went, yeah, I'm an FO with this airline. I fly a 7-6 and I fly whatever. And yeah. my eyes were like 250 cent pieces. <laughs> so I was like, you know, here I am thinking I'm, you know, uh, you know, the top gun over here and yeah. everybody else introducing themselves and they're doing exactly what I wanted to do. And it just was like it that that was the 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 moment that I was like, oh, OK, it's a wrap. Like these yeah. are the brothers that I'm I'm, you know, shaking hands with. And they're literally looking at me like, yo, you know, we're here. We do this every week. And, you know, whatever we can do to help you out, you know, let me know. And so I literally 
was pulling on their, their, their shirt tails, you know? And so they were the reason why I'm where I am today because of who they knew and, and how they were able to get me exposed and put me in a in position to be in front of people who made decisions. Because the airline industry, you know, you have to think about it as it's a numbers game. So they have thousands of applications that all look the same. So how are mm-hmm. you going to separate yourself from everybody else? Well, I volunteered yeah. where I live and I did things with the airline that I, that I wanted to work for where they would notice me. And so, you know, I went to um, career fairs. I did all those kind of things and, and put myself yeah. in a position where literally I am going to a career fair where there's a line of people for this particular airline and somebody would see me and say, you come here, you come in with me right now and walk me past everybody and have me talk to somebody that made a decision at the career fair. And, and, yeah. and I'll tell you this, and I was in front of all, I walked past all those people who did not look like me. So when wow. you talk about being in, it's almost like you're like, almost like you're the king, man. Like you walking past yeah. everybody, everybody in line, and they may yeah. not even talk to somebody that makes choices. I'm talking to the person that hires people. So yeah. again, it's who, and I wouldn't have been able to do that if I didn't surround myself with people who are already doing what I wanted to do, because then they right. were like, yo, I know so-and-so. i I, I'm in management. I talk to this person every day. Like, yeah, I got you. I can walk your resume in. All of those things yeah. matter. So yeah. that, that was also something that I wanted to, to also have your viewers know. Like, okay, you want to do A. Well, again, surround yourself with people who do that. So then you can say, okay, well, now you don't have to have your friends tell you, well, you're going to be a pilot. You're going to crash. Like, no, nah, that's not going to happen. Airplanes are redundant because I fly out. You know, there's every, their systems mm-hmm. are redundant. So it's not anything that you have to worry about you know, whatever, you know, we have a training program that, that covers all that. Like, what are you talking about? You know? So it just kind of made me feel so comfortable and, and proud to be able to say, you know, wow, like y'all look like me and y'all are in these positions and you, you a captain, like word, like everybody got to answer to you and you a brother doing that. Like, it's just, it brings a whole different, um, uh, a whole different energy to that. And so I think that's important. And that's in any, any field uh, or any career field. Like if you want to be something, you know, hang out with the people that do that. Or if you know where they hang out, go over there and, and shake hands and you never know who you you may run into and who you may have a conversation with. You know, that person may be somebody that you can rely on in a few years once you kind of get your your credentials up and everything like that. So that's a very, that was a, another thing that really propelled me to get where I am today. I like that. And I, I think it's very interesting because the first thing was you took action and you started walking the direction, right? And then a door opened up. Once you started walking that direction and you committed to that direction, then a door opened up where you could get help from somebody to help you along on that journey. So a lot of this is just understanding we have to take the first step and things and people and situations tend to fall into place when we're willing to, you know, do what is in our control. Absolutely. So I, I, I really love that. And I like to ask this question and we're going to close it out with this. So if someone was standing in front of you right now and they're struggling to take action on whatever their dream or goal is, what would you tell them? Uh, that's another good question. That's a very, very good question. Um, I would just tell them, I would try to lead by example and just tell them my story and just say, Hey, look, I've been there. Um, there are times where, um, things didn't go the way I wanted it to go, or I may have had some kind of, I've had some kind of failures or whatever that is like, that's a part of life. 
and you know take the time that you need i know with everything going on mental health is a big deal um especially in our community like take the time that you need to kind of get yourself together get your mind right however don't don't keep your eye on the prize don't give up um and i know that sounds cliche don't give up or what have you um it, it, you know anything that we want to do in life takes work I, i've kind of shied away from saying if i can do it anybody can do it because that's really not true um it takes a level of dedication it takes a level of sacrifice uh it takes you know you got to put you got to put really put into something that you want you know reap what you sow kind of energy and so like you know again and again surrounding yourself with people that are doing what you are trying to do because again that 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 net is actually wide you know when i when i showed up to that group everybody wasn't the airline pilot you had some people that had you know that were um, learning to fly like I was, there were people that were in different avenues. Maybe you had people who had their own practice, but they had to own their own airplane, or you have people that were brand new that hadn't flown yet. And they were just trying to come and be around people who were doing it because that was their motivation. So, um, just staying on track and finding what motivates you and, and, and believing in yourself. Um, I think that those things really, really help. And, I, and again, it just expanding your horizon. So, you know, don't be by yourself and just kind of moping and saying, oh, I can't do this or what have you, you know, go in and have a conversation with someone doing that and, and let them share their story with you or share their story with that individual to kind of give them hope to say, yo, I've been there, man. I, I know it was like to have zero hours, zero flight hours. You know, now I'm probably close to eight, nine, 10,000 or something like that. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's a progression that you do and again as you commit to it and as you say you know what you know come hella high water this is what i want to do you will definitely see the result and you will definitely see doors opening up so just stay the course keep pushing i don't know what happened i just i completely lost sound oh okay you got me now can you hear me okay yep i got you yeah okay yep. Okay. Yeah. Hey. Now, oh, sure. You do. Oh, I don't okay. know what's okay. going on right now. But uh, before before we get out of here, I want you to tell the people how they could, uh, if they have questions, how they can get a hold of you. Um, if they have a question about, you know, your story or just even you know, what their next move, I mean, if they want to get into it and you're willing to help them, how, how could they get in contact with you? Absolutely. So I will, I can, uh, I'll share my email. Anyone that has any questions on aviation, anyone that's undecided, or if they want to get into it or get involved, or if you just want to talk off the record and um, get a little bit more detail about my story, I'd definitely be happy to share. Um, you can email me. Uh, my email is uh, C McPherson. So my first initial last name, CMC. P-H-E-R-S-O-N, the number one at gmail.com. Yeah, just, you know, okay. feel free to, to reach out to me and uh, ask any questions or what have you, and I'd be happy to help. Um, you know, we got to each one teach one. We got to reach out and, you know, we got to be um, that beacon of light for, you know, for people behind us to, to lift them up. And if someone wants to get involved in aviation, I, you know, that's what that's what people did for me. So it's my responsibility to to give back to the community and try to help them you know, achieve their dreams. I bump into so many people that are even, um, uh, at, uh, who, who are adults who tell me, man, my dream was to fly airplanes, but, you know, I didn't know how to do it. So I ended up doing this for 20 years. And so, you know, and I'm just like, I hate to hear that because, you know, you, you know, you can do this too. There's, there's nothing stopping anybody from being a, being a pilot of any sort. So, 
you know, don't ever feel like you can't do it or don't ever get discouraged. So, you know, let me let me talk to you. I'd love to talk about what I do. You're not bothering me. You know, email me and then uh, we go from there. All right. And I just want to say, you know, only for pilot stuff. Don't be, he, he a married man. Don't be emailing. Nah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Can't do that. Pilot stuff. Trouble. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. no, no I don't want problems. that kind of smoke. <laughs> I don't want his wife coming for me. Like, what did you do? Like, yeah, I don't want no, no problems. And I don't want to go missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just putting that out there. So, <laughs> hey, Craig, I just want to say, man, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast today, man. You Absolutely. dropped so many gems for the people. And if this doesn't motivate you to take action on your dreams, I don't know what will. I just appreciate you. I love you, my brother. And I just thank you again for coming on. And this was this was amazing, man. Hey, brother, thank you for having me. And again, thank you for taking the initiative to actually, you know, get get my voice out there. So I, I, I salute you, brother. And I thank you for I'm, I'm just so grateful to be able to have a platform to tell my story, to be able to uh, to uh, to inspire somebody. So if I hopefully I get a couple of people. I, all I need is one to inspire one person to go out there and achieve their dreams. So thank you for for, for the uh, opportunity to come out here and share my story, brother. I appreciate you. Uh, no problem. All right. You have a great night and thank you. Action only podcast. And I'm your host, right. Jalal Wilson. And today we have Craig McPherson on, and we just thank y'all for tuning in. Till next.